Hey guys, this is Kita Bussey with 180 Firearms Training Podcast, joined by Mike Seifert and Grant Chancellor Madison, and we are going to talk about match prep. Mike, you just started doing match prep for a major that you're shooting this weekend. Why don't you go ahead and start? I did. I'm actually pretty excited about this particular podcast because I am uh, currently in my hotel room, um, down ready to shoot the Virginia State Championships uh, tomorrow. I got here this morning. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I went and walked the stages and before I got back to the hotel here and doing the podcast, um, actually really pumped. So, you know, the last podcast we had done, um, previous to the one about you and Pixie, uh, we were talking about, um, the difference between level ones and majors. And so I'm at a major and I'm feeling pretty focused. I mean, I've been, uh, trying to go through my process here, you know, coming down, listening to music, trying to stay focused and then getting into it. And then now that I've seen the stages and I've got my plans and I feel like I got some pretty solid plans. I'm actually really excited to shoot tomorrow. Um, now, I yeah, like I what this. you said about listening to music. That's actually something I put in my next book, Train Smart, not released yet, but I did talk about that where music can get you in the right mood. If you're all amped up and know you need to dial it back a little bit, you can listen to more chill music or something that calms you down, <clears throat> clears your head. Right. Or if you're feeling too chill, you can listen to music that's going to amp you up and get you in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, going back to, again, our last podcast, we were talking about, I was talking about staying on an even keel. That's kind of exactly what Keita was just saying there. You, you don't want to get too high, too low. You don't want to get too down. You don't want to get too up. So music is a good way to get you in the right state of mind, you know, depending on what you need for that day. I mean, you know, what if Dunkin' Donuts was closed and you didn't have your coffee, you might need a little bit more uppity stuff than, you know, if you're all amped up. So I am, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm currently going through my match prep process and, uh, yeah, I'm now that, like I said, now that I've seen the stages, I'm all, I'm, I'm just kind of going through those in my head over and over. And I actually have taken some videos of what I think my plans are going to be so that I can watch those throughout the night um, just to give myself a little refresher before I show up in the morning. Hopefully, like I usually like to be there first thing. So I'll be there probably like 630 when it's still a little dark outside. But I, uh, I, I like to do that. So that way, because there's not many people that are walking the stages. And if I got my shoes on and all my crap over on my stage, I'm ready to go. And I can, I can go through every one of my plans and rehearse them without anybody in my way. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm really excited tomorrow. Yeah. So let's, let's dial this back a little bit. At what point, and I think we're all going to have different answers. At what point do you begin prepping for a match? Go ahead, Grant. Well, okay, fine. I'll do this. Cause I think it, <laughs> Okay. okay. Uh, my match prep starts basically at the beginning of the month when I get paid. Um, so I can divide, okay, what, how much ammo do I need for practice? How much ammo do I need for matches? And whatever's left is kind of food, but we'll, you know, that's, that's not, that's not important. Um, we won't, we so. won't get into your food uh, to match uh, ratio of how much money you spend. Cause I'm sure it's much more. Hey, ramen ramen noodles. Ramen noodles. I'd rather <laughs> shoot than eat. I'd rather shoot than eat. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty much at the moment. Grant is sponsored by ramen noodles. <laughs> I'm sponsored I'll by Marlboro. Yeah. I like, I like Marlboro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically I try and load my month's <laughs> worth of ammo beforehand. Um, I do not like to have to load like a week before all that. And also because of the availability here of components, I want to make sure that I have everything set, that the velocity is correct that my gun that's now being worn is still going to make factor, especially if it's a major match. Um, so yeah, kind of covets the, the, the match ammo, um, right, hold on. gauge everything. I'd like to stop yeah. it. I want to ask you about that. So you, you chrono before every major, even though you load on the same machine, do you change your, the settings on your machine? 
Um, no, that's why you're worried about it. Just check. Oh wow! See, like I, I, I don't do that at all, man. So like I, I have set my machine, and I, I know I've shot the same load now at like uh, probably seven or eight straight matches, and that was when I changed bullets. Um, but I never changed my powder so, or anything like that. I know it makes power factor. Like I never, yeah, I, and I'm like 138. I don't even ever worry about that. Yeah. So what I would do is put witness marks on the press, so I know exactly where it is supposed to be. And as long as it's on those witness marks, I know the power factor is going to be the same if I'm using all the same components to reload. However, if you change something, as Grant was saying, components are harder to find. So yeah. maybe he changed primers. Maybe he I've changed, changed powder and primer about three times powder. over the last two months. Powder is the powder. big one, right? I've, I've used all now. Now that we're going through this primer shortage here in the U.S., I have used. Uh, everybody's been throwing me primers. I've used Winchester, CCIs. I used uh, Wolf's. I, like. It doesn't really change anything for me. They all they all still shoot the same with the primer. To me, the biggest thing is if you're going to change your powder, if you're going to change your bullet weight, um, bullet profile, um, or or if you have to even maintain your machine. Like if you have to take a die out in order to work on it and then put it back in or something like that, make sure that it's still running the exact same way. You should take it out and test it, even if you're not going to chrono it. I mean, uh, but yeah, I so I set it up and forget it, and I don't I don't. I, it is what it is. I I take the same load and and like I said, the only time I have to to check it is when i change it but i don't ever change it so yeah, no, yeah my, if my even one variable like changes if even one variable changes you need to check your power factor again you need to chrono again yep yeah but Just even if safe. even if something doesn't change like it you know you never know um so i'm also trying to run on like 175 power right. factor power with shot major so you know, when you're running close to the close to the edge, there, I do like to just make sure that I'm still on the edge. And sometimes I mess it up and I go 180. But that was that was that was the last major. So yeah, match ammo is loaded. I tried to try doing thousand round batches so that I can test it. So test 50 rounds first, 50 rounds at the end of it, so I know that I didn't miss anything. And it's been it's been pretty good. My ammo has been pretty reliable. I make sure that the primers work, especially with the springs that I've put in my gun. So I'm running federal small pistol primers, which are very difficult to find and very expensive, but I'm happy to pay the premium because they are the most reliable primers that I've come across, especially when you are running lighter striker springs in a, in a Glock platform. So I've had CCI where I've had a dead primer, especially since of the whole ammo crunch thing. We've, we've had that. Genix, which is some Bosnian primer that we get, which is just atrocious. And then Morum, which is And they a come in a big Russian. box where they're all loose. <laughs> yes. They're three, not three even packaged. That's, that's exactly what I would picture in my head us. with Bosnian primers. They, if they didn't come loose in a box, I would not think that that was right. <laughs> and they're super cheap. But for some reason, okay, first of all, they're a little bit thicker. Then also they're a little bit wider. So you kind of have to crunch those, crunch them into the, into the primer pockets. Yeah, so yeah, there's a little yeah. bit of dirt in that. They start to seat a little proud. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, so you're 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 a big you're a big you're a big at the end of the month guy. You're looking at your matches and then you're making your ammo for the whole month. I, you know, to me, to me, pro, ammo, to yeah. me, to me, when you, you you're gonna start prepping for a match when you sign up for it, and and maybe even before, maybe even when you're trying to lay out your season. Um, you know, depending on what you think is gonna happen in the U.S., a lot of the stuff happens around January first. There's a lot of signups that that go on on Jan one for a lot of the big matches, and um. Sometimes you don't find them on practice score, by the way. A little helpful tip. Sometimes you got to go on uspsa.com, and that's where you'll actually find the registration link. Um, but yeah, I I think I think match prep starts 
the, the, the minute that you sign up for a match, you're, it's now on, it's now in the back of your head, or it should be in the back of your head, at least in your shooting mind. So, you know, if you have a work life and a, and then a shooting life, when, you know, when you flip that switch and you're going into shooting, like I've, I've been looking forward to this, this uh, Virginia state now for probably four or five months since I paid for the match. Um, and you know, all the locals that I shoot and all the stuff, I mean, yeah, there've been majors in between, but they all boil down to every major. So every, everything that I do is all, is all for the majors. Um, and now, you know, now it's here. So I've been, I've been prepping for this since, since I signed up for it four months ago. You know, I don't know. That's a that's good rule I'm... of thumb. <clears throat> a good rule of thumb for checking your ammo is the week leading up to your major match. You want to clean your firearm. And then you go back to the range after you've cleaned your firearm to function test. And you want to run about two to 300 rounds of your match ammo. And if you have even one malfunction, you need to revisit before the match. <laughs> it's so funny. So allow yourself enough you time that. after your range day. Before <laughs> the match. You say that. And I look, I look over to my left here and I have my gun kind of broken apart in pieces. And as soon as we're done with this podcast, I need to clean it uh, to shoot tomorrow at nine in the morning. So yeah, I'm, uh, I don't necessarily know if I follow that rule a lot. I, usually, usually the night before this is, this is my, when I clean my gun time, that's, uh, that also helps me get in the zone a little bit. So, you know, I like taking my gun apart, cleaning it, putting it back together. And then I'll sit there and do a little bit of dry fire. So for me, for me doing the cleaning the gun the night before a match is a little bit therapeutic. Um, you know, just kind of. Now, if you were shooting an international competition, I'm going to guess you're not going to be doing that. Well, for one, in a lot of international well, competitions, yeah. you're not allowed to have possession of your firearms, so it already exactly. has to be clean. And two, you don't want to be worrying it about that when you have so many other things, like I've got to get from the airport through security to my ride, to my hotel, get checked in, make sure I know how to get to the range, that sort of thing. hundred percent. When I, when I flew to Aruba, uh, yeah, no, everything was done beforehand. Um, but now I, I drove to Virginia. It's, it was like a five hour ride. So I, you know, I was able to bring all my stuff with me and I, I, you know, I, that's how, kind of how I do it. Obviously, if you're going to go somewhere big like that, like she said, internationally, and you can't have possession of your gun and you don't do it like I did here, where you're not going to have the opportunity to clean it unless you can kind of do it at the range uh, the morning that you're going to shoot. So, um, yeah, you want to be the level prepared. of prep that goes into yeah. a match depends on the amount of match pressure you're experiencing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that that that's an experience thing overall, though. For me, I mean, uh, the more majors you shoot, like you know, I'm not. I'm not necessarily nervous that I'm shooting this particular, I'm just, I'm just, it's the same level of seriousness. I take every major at this point. So I feel like maybe if you're newer and you're not really getting into, to, uh, you know, to this is your first major or your second major, you might, I could see that, but over time that does kind of go away. Um, like I have zero pressure at locals now. And I, now I just feel like I used to, when I used to go to local, you know, level ones, when I thought that was like the biggest match ever. So now I'm just, I'm so pumped to shoot tomorrow. I feel like, uh, you know, it's like a kid on Christmas morning. So, yeah. <laughs> now if yeah, the match is in a location you've never been to before it's a good idea to go and just shoot a local match in that area and get an idea of the flavor of the match where everything is how to get to the range and when I land where I know the competition is going to be if I don't have a sponsor with me who knows the way that's going to be driving me then the first thing I do before I even check into my hotel is drive to the range to make sure I know exactly where it is and then I check um, the amount of time it gets there or it takes to get there based on the level of traffic. So even before I leave, I will um, 
get my point A to point B on my phone during the time I would be driving to the match so I can see what traffic is like, if that's going to affect things, if that's going to make it, make it take even longer to get there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, that, I, book, that, I booked that hotel like last night, um, usually where you're shooting. <laughs> you're, you're, usually, you're usually around a lot of hotels. Um, so like, you know, there's a, there's a Holiday Inn, there's a Country Inn, there's, there's so many things right around here that usually you can find a room. Um, I, so I'm usually an on-the-way guy with the, with the hotel. But yeah, what do you have there? Yeah, the, um, so when I went down to Cape Town, so I had to, I couldn't fly with the gun because it was going to cost too much and be too much of a, of a ball lake and only a certain airline actually flies with handguns in South Africa or guns in general. So I had to ship the gun down with a courier to a gun shop in Cape Town and then fly down, then go to that gun shop, get the gun. And by the time I'd done all of that, there was no time to go to the range. So the first day going to the range was the first day of the competition. And it does, it does affect you like kind of in the back of your mind, like where am I supposed to go? Um, so yeah, that, that was an interesting, interesting experience <laughs> doing, doing that. And then you know, I didn't have a time. Never been to Cape Town. Never shot their their, their match and their flavor. So it was it was quite a quite a different match that I wasn't used to. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and if there's one tip I can give people on on you know getting to the match, it would be definitely get there early. I know a few people that they shoot a lot of majors, but they don't show up until the night before, and then they have to wake up and shoot. And uh, you know, I've been here since ten o'clock this morning. Um, uh, you know, I had no pressure. I was able to get to the range, take my time doing the walkthroughs. It wasn't getting dark or anything like that. I feel like that's a big help with, uh, with your matches. If you're going to go travel and do majors. Um, so that's yeah, huge. I would, I would, I would say, make sure you get, you get there early and, and you know, far enough in advance, like I said, I signed up for this match four months ago. So if you can't clear that weekend, where if you're shooting on Sunday, that you also have Saturday available for the whole day to come to the range and just focus on what you're going to do. Um, I think that you're, you're not really doing majors, right. Um, and that's just, that's my opinion. Yeah. For me, this so, yeah. would go all the way back to at the beginning of the year, do your budgeting for the year, figure out according to your budget and your work-life balance, how many matches can I shoot? How many majors do I want to shoot? Where do I want to go? Am I going to be able to fit in any locals? That sort of thing. And you get an idea for which ones you really want to shoot. Then you go and sign up for those based on your budget. And at that point, the match prep is already beginning. And what happens when the matchbook comes out? What do you guys do? Huh, I hate the matchbook. You know, honestly, I just use it. I use it for star positions. And if we're, uh, you know, how many rounds is it? I mean, even with PCC, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, just to get a feel for like the flow of the match. But there's so many times that that, that matchbook is completely different than what's actually on the ground that I don't. I used to get so involved in like the week before I would come up with my stage plans on the matchbook. And then you get there and you're like, well, I thought that I was going to be able to see this target because on paper, it looks like it's wide open, but now I can't. So now I have to shoot it from a totally different position. So this, all this work I did this last week, preparing for something in my head. Now I get here and it's completely different. I usually, honestly, I don't even like I had my matchbook today when I was walking around and I had crumpled it up so much because I was kind of using it as like a rifle thing, you know, like trying to like just get like my, my feel for the stages when I was walking through, I just threw them out. I was on like stage four. I was like, you know what? I'll just figure them out. They got them stabled up over here. It doesn't really matter. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't, I think don't put too much weight into the matchbook. That would be my suggestion. I just don't think that they yeah. gives you enough uh, information that you're going to need. Yeah. And some people. I don't matchbook. like, yeah, no, some, and, and I have done it where I was like, you draw things on it and like, I'm going to go here and here. Yeah. Don't, don't even, don't even bother. Start position round count any weird things like mags on a table or bags on a drum or gun on the table, or you're starting in a weird 
or toe, heels touching or something weirdness like that, like slot positions. But apart from that, like, no, just, just ignore it. And how many targets are there? So what, what we did, Grant, when you were preparing to go shoot nationals, you sent me your matchbook. What did we do? Okay, so we went, we went through the matchbook. We went through all the, um, the start positions, the round count, the flow of the match, because uh, I already knew the squatting by then and what, where I was starting. So, um, and we also did a general outline on how to shoot the stage depending on how it looks. So it's basically a case of maybe this will work, but it probably won't. Um, and then if, the, if it flows like this, this is what you should do. But apart from that, yeah, we, we, we went through it. We kind of just did it like a bit of a mental, a mental thing because I, I did think I needed it, actually, looking at, yeah, that, I, at that matchbook. To me, it's a waste then, of brain yeah. power. It's a waste of brain power because you're thinking about something that you can't even see yet. So like, yeah, it looks great on paper, but I mean, until I actually see it in my eyes and I'm actually on the stage to me, it's just, I, I don't even waste my time anymore. And I feel bad for the people it, that are out there that really like take it to heart. Like, man, I, and I used to be that guy, Grant, I used to draw arrows where I was going to run. You know, I used to be like, this is where I'm doing my plan. And then I get there and it's like, well, oh. I think it's nice to go 20% of the way there on the matchbook. So yeah. if you spent 20% and you spent it there, and if you need to throw that away, you're not throwing too much brain power yeah. Mike, you have to understand in South Africa, their matchbooks are actually pretty accurate to what's laid down on the ground. It's not well, like the, the US. The, the matchbooks are around here are getting better. They got SketchUp now. So like, you know, uh, if you if you are shooting at a range that a major, hopefully you have a serious MD there or somebody that has at least measured the base. And I mean, it's not that difficult to put it into a CAD program to scale. Like I know uh, Dave Ankney at, at this match, the guy that's doing this match, that's exactly what he does. So that's why I talked to Dave before the match. And I'm like, should I even look at the matchbook, Dave, or is it pointless? And he's like, no, this is, it's all actually to scale and everything is perfect. So his matchbook was a little more accurate. I'd like to see people come around more to that. Um, but I, I, I can't count on people or I can't count on everybody to be like Dave. So I just usually, it is what it is. I never make a plan according to the matchbook. I wait till I see it on the ground. And even then it's not totally cemented in my brain because somebody else might see something I didn't, or I might see something I didn't when I arrived the next day and didn't see it the day before. So for me, I look for awkward positions, weird start positions. Like Grant said, your gun starts on a table, whatever it might be, you're in a boat and take those things uh, usually you get the matchbook maybe a month, three weeks before. So that gives you a couple days you can go to the range and practice these things. So let's say you haven't practiced unload, unloaded starts in a while. Maybe you want to do a couple of those because you see that there are three unloaded starts in the stage, whatever it may be. So just brush up on those skills that are in there. Or if you see a skill that you've never practiced before, then definitely get to the range and practice whatever that skill might be. I think that's a bad idea. I think that's a bad idea. I think it's great to work on that kind of stuff at locals. I think that at a major, you should do what you're comfortable with. It's not, it's usually going to work out better for you. I mean, if you had just started shooting on the move, I don't think a major is necessarily a spot to implement that, but if it's something that you've been working on at locals for a month or two, and you're feeling a little bit more confident with it, maybe that would be the spot to like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot these on the move. I'm going to be a little more aggressive at this major. But to me, uh, you, you practice, you practice what you're bad at. And then when you get to a major, you, you do what you're comfortable with. That would be the way that I would describe it. 
Yeah, during mm -hmm. during the week leading up to the match, you're not going to get any better than you are right now in this moment. Right. But you can brush up on skills that maybe you haven't practiced for a while if he's going to be in the match. Exactly. And, and it might be faster for you to shoot that on the move technically if you looked at it on paper yes then you standing there but if you're if you're going to shoot it on the move and you're going to take a miss or you're going to hit a no shoot because of that stand still and take the two shots that you're going to get two alphas and move on your match is going to be better because of it it's not it's not what what's better in in theory it's what is going to give you your best score for this day and that's not saying your next major you're not going to improve that and you're going to you're going to utilize it and you're going to have a better score because of it but on this day this is what i got and this is what i'm going to use so I think yeah, that goes more also, into stage planning sorry. and knowing your level of skill as you select your plan. Right. Yeah, I, th I think I have, as an IPSC shooter, I need to put a little bit more into the matchbook because I don't have the, the ability the day before to actually walk on the stages and plan, you know, how I'm going to shoot it. It's on the match day. So I need to already have something in my head when I get up to the stage and do my five-minute walkthrough once because there was a long line and it was a 32 round stage i need to have something there to 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 have to be able to shoot with and to work with how are you how are you on making a modification right before you shoot so like if you have a plan because of that and then you step up and you see somebody do something are you able to be like oh well i'm just going to change instead of shooting this one this one and this one i'm going to flip the order and shoot them that way right before you shoot are you able to do that because i feel like that's I'm something able, that i can yeah. pull the trigger on pretty well yeah no i also feel like i can actually change my my plan like almost uh, immediately depending on the size of the stage if the 32 rounder i'm probably if i see someone do something i'm more likely to follow my plan because i've already walked through visualized and i've changed my plans at the whim and on a 32 rounder and forgotten the target so i don't want to actually repeat that if it's a smaller stage like a 20 25 round stage then i'm actually more likely to do that especially if it's going to be two or three seconds faster then it's uh, it's worth the risk if there's a significant gain to be had, like three seconds, and you're in the winning for being the national champion, you have to do it, and you All have right. to be able to execute. I agree it. with that, but generally speaking, people, I mean, like you know, I've seen Christian Seiler wrap his <clears> leg, <throat> wrap his leg around a wall, and then shoot something that while hanging with one hand. That's not necessarily the best plan for everybody. So I, I see, I hear that a lot. Oh well, this this is how he shot it, or this is how she shot it. And it's like, what is that the best way for you to shoot it? And that's, you know, like not necessarily always yes is the answer. So uh, most people- Typically, unless you realize you completely missed a target during your walkthrough, you don't want to be changing your plan, especially if you're a newer shooter. Once you've got your plan, it's your plan, don't change it. But if you completely missed a target, you don't want to have that FT, you're going to have to try and work that in. Or if you realized you can have a three to five second gain by doing something a little bit different, then maybe you want to consider it depending where you are in the shooting order. But for us, if I, with if I could ever get three to five seconds, I'm trying it. If you're telling me, oh, like, yeah. even if I don't necessarily have it in my head, but if you're telling me I got five seconds, potentially like that, whatever, like I'm going for it. I mean, that's a, that's a significant yeah, amount. Of I time would too. <laughs> yeah. And especially on like activator sequences, if you see someone shoot a sequence that is foster, you need to shoot it the same way. Uh, no, no. See now those are the only times no, that I would you, not change my plan because that's like something that is so, I've had to memorize, like, if there's, like, a bunch of plates in a row, it's like, I got to shoot one, six, three, four, two, five. Like, uh, and then I have, you know, if I see that right before, there's no way I'm going to be able to change that. I could definitely shoot, I shoot paper targets, you know, better than I do steel targets. If they, like, there's a steel array that's in, like, some kind of complicated activator order, and I have a plan, like, I don't care what you tell me on the line, like, I'm shooting in my way, otherwise I'm going to completely botch it. So, yeah, I, I don't know about that. But paper, yeah, like, just arrays, like, inside to outside or outside to inside 
or like, I'm going to shoot this one on the way in versus the way out, like things like that. That's what I'm, that's what I was kind of referring to at first. Yeah. Simplicity is usually the best, whatever your brain would default to if something goes wrong is usually a good plan, but you do get to a level where you can just watch different activator sequences, not cement anything in your brain yet until you see other pe people shoot and then pick which one you want. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. So yeah, so a week before the match, I do do that. I take my gun completely apart, clean everything, then run run about 200 rounds of the match hammer through it. Then before the match, I make sure I field strip the gun again because I want to make sure that the chamber's clean and the extractor's clean, not detail stripping it. I've taken you know my gun in apart to the field strip level enough that I can do it. So. I do that. And then if it's a two or three day match, I'm doing that again before every day because the gun's dirty, the gun's grimy, it's full of dust. Um, you'll see that at major matches that are two or three days that the guys' guns are working fine the first day, second day they're having issues, and the third day something goes wrong. So I'm making sure that I'm, I'm cleaning it throughout, throughout the match. Now my Da Vinci, tell you that, the thing ran like a champ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shoot a CZ. I'm usually pretty good, but I will, you know, just check the feed ramp, make sure that's cleaned up in between days. But I don't do yeah. like a major field strip. Yeah, no, I, I do. And I'm, I'm having success um, from that. I don't know if it's, if I left the gun dirty, would it still run? Probably, but I'm not going to take that risk. And then throughout the match, <clears throat> when you drop a mag and it hits the ground, I'm generally taking it apart and cleaning it before I load it up again. Ha, ha not me. <laughs> I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> I do not have to, I do not have to have my, my, my mags in the dirt. And if I do, I have a spare mag in my bag that I actually use in order for the one that's going to hit the dirt. Um, so my extensions actually never hit the ground. Um, but you know, yeah. we're talking about, we're talking about gun prep. I mean, is there anything that you do for your body beforehand? Like, like, you know, I really, last year I went to nationals and it was my first nationals ever. And it was Florida in June. I didn't really put two and two together. Cause I'm just, you know, I got to learn the hard way. Um, I, I, it was a two day match and I was so sunburnt and I was so dehydrated after day one that I was out of my, I, I was done. So like day two, I showed up just because I was there and it was nationals and I paid for it. But I mean, I was, I was zero, zero competitiveness coming out of me. You were sure. checked I mean, out. I was, I was done. I mean, my body, I was so done that my squad mates told me to not come out and pace because I did not look good. So my, they told me I was pale white and I just looked like I was not feeling well. So they were like, just sit under the tent and we'll do all that. Like I felt, I felt really terrible. So since that match, and this is where I think at, at every big match, you really learn something like that, at, at least for, I don't know if Max or JJ or anybody still learn stuff because they've, they've been through so much, but like, I feel like there's always something that I learn. And, and on that match, especially, I learned that I need to really hydrate. So like, I got my, I got my water here. I've been pounding waters for like two days. Uh, you got to eat a good meal beforehand because I did not do that. I'd flown into Florida on like the day before we were shooting and I didn't eat all day. I wasn't drinking and man, I, it killed me. So, I mean, is there anything you do that like for your body? like to, to prepare yourself for the match? Because I'll never be dehydrated again, so. Well, trying, trying to keep up fitness is important. So cardio, um, match fitness is a thing. Um, I try not to flush out my system with water because, you know, try to keep the electrolytes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw how Mike's just like, Marlboro, this podcast <laughs> is not brought to you by Marlboro. Uh, <laughs> so... So yeah, just, um, we have this thing, it's, it's like a rehydration stuff that you can mix in water. I'll generally, if it's going to be a very hot day, I'll take that the night before. 
I just used um, that. I used that in Aruba for the first time ever. It was kind of tasted disgusting, but I, I mean, I wasn't dehydrated. So oh, that stuff worked. is delicious. How dare you? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I guess. Um, and then yeah, I'll have that basically around the afternoon as well during the match, just just to keep that going. Um, then Gatorade, the sugar-free one, one one of those, one of the water during the match. Sunscreen, important. Hat, important. Um, and then the most important thing, especially if it's going to be a hot day, is to take a wet towel or a buff and make sure it's wet and with cold water wrapped around your neck. Keep that, yeah. keep that, uh, keep the blood flow to your head um, wet. Well, sorry, cold. <clears throat> me. Um, it is half past ten at night, so apologize if I <laughs> mince my words. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, uh, I try to stay in ketosis throughout the match. So we have a dried meteor called biltong, which I typically munch on. It's like um, got a nice layer of fat, so it's just pure protein. And then I mix that with almonds throughout the match. I have tried a major match because when I was getting ready to go to the world shoot in, in Thailand, I was realized uh, I don't think they're going to have dried meat. And if it's dried meat in Thailand, I probably don't want to eat that. <laughs> yeah, valid. That's valid. <laughs> so I was trying the whole energy bar thing and it did actually work the same way. So that also can be, uh, can be something, but yeah, just make sure that you do not get the sugary energy bars because you're going to crash hard and it's always going to be on a very complicated state that you're going to crash. So yeah. that's what I try and avoid. And especially the night before you yeah, have a good meal the day morning of the, of the match, have a good breakfast. Um, typically like, I like wheat. Um, so we have something called wheat bix. It's, it's like a, wheat square so i have two or three of those with milk that sounds, that sounds and, horrible that sounds like cardboard <laughs> no man it's the, bre the breakfast of champions in south africa yeah wheat, wheat well, squares <laughs> grand. i don't know much so much about the, the champion um but yeah then coffee i i do drink about like four or five cups of coffee a day so i'll have a coffee in the morning before i leave and then when i'm driving to the match about half an hour before i get there there's a tin coffee I'll have one of those and then I'll have a sugar-free like Coke because that's got the caffeine in it. And that's what I want. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end oh. of the day, you, you gotta be, you gotta prepare your body just as much as you prepare your equipment because I mean, you can't yeah. have one without the, I mean, my body was dead. My gun ran great at nationals, but my body did not. So, it, I, but also I, I don't want to like, I'm a coffee addict. And I don't want to like now, okay, now no caffeine for you and be shaky the whole day. So yeah, well, you got to kind of, I, I take medication. I take Adderall for my ADHD. So I'm, you know, the coffees don't really do anything for me. I, uh, yeah, but, yeah, you're also a smoker, so you need to I, also smoke. My, the, the the problem, yeah. The problem, the problem with my medication though, is it really kills my appetite. So like throughout the day, I find myself having to force things down my throat. Cause I know that my body's going to need it towards the end of the day. And I'm just, you know, like, uh, like I'm not really very hungry right now, but let, let me tell you what, when you show up and you got barbecues at the match and they're making the breakfast wraps, you eat like three of those. So that's my suggestion to anybody that sees barbecue at a match eat three breakfast wraps they're delicious and then you'll be ready for the day so yeah but then okay but in the morning you've had a nice big breakfast and now you basically all your blood's gone to down digest that mm -hmm. so <laughs> yeah feeling good yeah, i mean well, it's better than being hungry I'd, I'd rather shoot on a full stomach <laughs> than a hungry stomach you know because then all i'm thinking about no. is food at least if i'm just fat then i'm just being fat you know i don't know I, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to stay just just before the you know, just before the mid tier of uh, between I'm kind of okay and I'm hungry, I'm trying to stay right in there. How many wheat squares would you estimate that is? <laughs> <laughs>
Well, that's just for breakfast. But like I try and munch on Zoltong if I'm starting to get a little bit hungry, you know, eat a bit of Zoltong. So I'm constantly snacking throughout the day. I'm not having like one big meal, you know, at lunchtime or whatever. I'm trying to just consistently snack throughout the day and stay on the same level. Right. Right. And then what's a good idea? Yeah, go ahead, Kita. It's a good idea about two days before the match to begin hydration. The day before the match, you want to start working in more electrolytes and less water. And also during the match, if you're drinking straight water, not electrolytes, you're going to be running to the outhouse constantly. It's just going to flush right through you and not do anything for you. You need to have those electrolytes. Staying away from sugar, like these guys said, definitely because then you're going to crash. So stay away from alcohol the night before because it is dehydrating. Maybe limit yourself to one or whatever it might be. I know yeah, a I lot of guys that, like though. to go out and party the night before. Yeah, I give them the credit. Morning, I give them credit for shooting when they're hungover because, like, I, I was just so miserable. I don't even know if I would show up. Uh, I don't know how guys do it. Like the guys that can party hard either. the night before and then rock up at the match and then still shoot amazingly. I, I like nope. that is alcoholism on a next level, right there. It's just if you're in a hot, if you're in a hot climate, that is just a, rep- a recipe for disaster. If you're trying to be competitive, if you're there to have a good time, then who really cares? You show up hungover with your buddies, and it is what it is. But you never, never drink the night before the match. It's only going to. No, it's only going to. I have, I have to have a shot because I have to calm the nerves. So that's the only way I'm going to do it. South Africa, baby. Nice. <laughs> so the morning of. Well, actually, you're the day before. You're out there outside, walking stages in the heat. So I had I had a bottle of water in my hand the whole time. There's water everywhere, and that's so, what I do. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. you're already trying to get ahead of it and limit the amount of time that you're out there in the sun. Try to be as efficient as possible in your walkthroughs the day before, so you're not out there exposed to the heat the whole time. And the morning of, especially early in the season, earlier in the season, the sun affects you more than you know late summer. I mean, at that point, you've been outside at so many matches that you're tanned and like you're not necessarily going to get burnt so easily. So, like, really be careful at the beginning of a season if you have an important match, um, and make sure that you're prepared for that because you know if it's your first time, if you're in the northern parts of the u.s or i don't know how it is in south africa i'm sure you guys have winter but um and it's cold and then you go fly somewhere that's extremely hot that's going to be a quite a big change so yeah yeah, yeah no, so that, if you're traveling worry, internationally, not a big change for us <laughs> <laughs> you guys do have a if winter, you're traveling you? internationally to a different climate mm-hmm. you usually want to get there about three days before especially if there's a huge time discrepancy so you're not jet lagged during the match but get there about three days before. Give your body some time to adjust to the climate and to the time change before your match starts. Now, once you arrive at your match that morning, definitely get a good breakfast in because you're going to be getting to the range early anyway. You're going to have time to digest that food before you start shooting so your blood isn't dull in your stomach. You do have circulation going to your brain and to your eyes, which is a little important when you're shooting. Mm. And definitely just be snacking all day. My preferred snacks are biltong, South African biltong, which you can order in the U.S. No way. Because it is no way. a dehydrated meat. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hey, it's don't knock it, in, don't it, knock it until you is try it. Is it like the yeah. South African beef jerky? Is it really good? I guess it's like it's Yes, it's really well, good. Well, our beef jerky is very dry and chewy and hard to bite into difficult to digest i might have to try it i mean you might have sold me on it i mean that if you're if you're going through all the trouble to get this crap i mean i might i might buy some you know so now, South African <laughs> built on has a, it has the fat still in there it's tender and juicy doesn't go bad so that fat is energy the fat gives you energy for your match where the beef jerky in the u.s doesn't have that and that's really important you need the fat 
and the protein. Um, then I'm definitely prepared. I'm working. I've been working <laughs> and on that. And then I also do the almonds. Yeah. So nothing. And then and just keep snacking all day long. Don't do a big meal for lunch. If you do, again, all of the blood is going to rush to your stomach and not your brain and your eyes. So just keep snacking all day long. Yeah. So basically what Kit has just explained is what I do. So you can kind of assume who's actually coaching me. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the, I'm just the anti, I'm just the anti. If you tell me that's what we should do, I'm going to try to do the opposite way. <laughs> just, just, to, just to prove you wrong. Cause that's just the way I am. So yeah. Well, I mean, there's many ways to skin the cat. This is just the way that like does work right. for and me. Now, and now you just told me that I can't do it my way. So now I'm, now I'm definitely going to try to throw that one in your face. So that's why I shoot PCC <laughs> actually. That's what motivates me every match. <laughs> well, and another thing is when you remove yourself from the stage, to go sit down, eat lunch, relax, hang out with your friends, eating this big meal. Not only does it weigh you down and take the blood flow away from your brain, but then you've mentally checked out. So if you stay on your stage and just keep snacking, that is going to help your mental game quite a lot. I'm going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to do that tomorrow because I always struggle after lunch, like really bad. Like my first stage after lunch and sometimes my second, third, fourth and fifth stage after lunch are usually horrible. I could be shooting yeah, like great you up the to whole that day point. again. Right. And, and, and it never, I mean, I'm sure it's not true, but I, I feel like almost 100% of the time it is never good after lunch. And like, I, no matter how pumped up I get, so I might try that tomorrow. I might, I might see if I can go to barbecues and get like a couple extra wraps or something and then, and then hang out at my stage and, and I'm going to let you know how that goes actually. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You brought up lunch. Like we, every match has a lunch break. It's usually about an hour and it's, it's, it's more for the ROs and they do, they do need a lunch break. So when they, when that's happening, sure. I'm trying not to stay still. I'm trying not to sit down. I'm trying to walk around and, and then, you know, have conversations with everyone and, and trying to stay in the match and talk about the match, not necessarily talk about outside stuff. So yeah, just keep moving, just keep snacking. Don't stay away from the, from the food that's provided because it does i don't know what you guys but when we have a Not most out. of the matches yeah there's always a food track or a food truck and it's always you know it smells good and that and you definitely want to try it but like yeah stay away no not because i, it's, I highly recommend be diarrhea or anything. barbecues is good stuff so yeah i don't have a south african branch here <laughs> yeah yeah right I, would, I don't know about a food truck i'd probably stay away from the food truck just because i didn't want to be running the bathroom but yeah yeah barbecues not bad but yeah, I mean, so, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like, what do you, what, do, what is your morning of like, you wake up at what time and, and you get there? Cause I know some guys that like to stroll up to, you know, your, your first stage is at nine. I bet there's going to be at least one person. Well, I'm shooting with the Marines tomorrow. So I highly doubt that, but usually there's always one person that rolls up to your first stage for the briefing at eight fifty nine. Like, Hey, I just got here. Like, so like, what, what's your yeah. process of the day that you wake up for a match? Typically, I really struggle to sleep the night before for a match. Like, it's it's a problem. Um, so, I always see how far, how long it's going to take me to get to get to the match. So, to do my morning prep, get breakfast and all of that, I want to make for forty five minutes before. So, get out of bed, do all of that, and then yeah, I definitely want to get to the match at least forty five minutes before wow. before the the first shots fired. Um, Make sure, make sure I'm there. Make sure I can get my gear on. Make sure that um, I can get my gun on. Make sure that my mags are loaded, um, which they are. I've loaded them the night, the night before, but make sure I haven't missed anything because I want to find out about it then. Um, now the night before, I'm pretty you know, typically loaded mags. Um, put everything back in the bags by the door, so I just everything's there. I just need to grab it and ah. go. 
See, that's something that I do different. So I load my mags at the, at the range. Cause again, it's just like me cleaning my gun. It's sort of like a focus thing. So I, you know, that's why I really, I get there super early. I'm usually, it's, it's funny. Cause I usually have headlights of the ROs that are working their stages. They're usually on me. I'm sitting there in the middle of a bay empty by myself in my chair. You can't even see the targets cause it's still pitch blackout. And I'm just sitting there loading my mags, listening to my music, getting focused. So for me, a lot of those things are, are, are just, they, they put me in the moment. So, and then, yeah, I don't know. I like to get there yeah, super no. early, super early. So when you say get there 45 <clears> minutes before a match, I feel like there's a lot of people that are there at that point. And like, yeah. do, you really, do you really get to walk through your stages or see what you want to see without them being in your way? So I, well, we don't, you don't get to walk through your stage until the ROs well, allow you a five minute. Uh, I, I think, well, but, you can see it from the back though. Right. So if you want to walk yeah, left and right, you can do that. So, but I mean, yeah, you can do that. You don't have a hundred people but, that are talking and so, getting in your mind, you know? Yeah, no, well, I want to I want to get to the match. I want to put my rig on, put my gun on, put my mags on and be ready to go. I don't want to have to do anything. I want to be basically the minute I walk in ready to go. Because also, because I'm doing 45 minutes, maybe there's an accident on the road or a delay or something. And I'm the guy that rocks up at 8.59. So now I don't want to have to do loading mags. Nice. <laughs> hey, guys, just hang on. I just want to like load 15 more rounds in this one. I want to be able to basically walk from my car walk onto the onto the stage and be ready to shoot um whether i get there early or late what do you do kita when you shoot i, like I know to you get like there, coaching, but uh, say again i said i know you like coaching but you do shoot so like what do you do what's your plan i like to get there at least an hour before hammer down and <clears throat> i have all my stuff prepped the night before set by the door ready to go so that occupies less of my brain capacity because I know that's taken care of and I can just really focus on my walkthroughs. And I, it is usually still a little dark when I get there, but once you put on those Hunter's HD goals, you get that extra 30 minutes of daylight. So yeah, I usually yeah, can start walking through earlier than everyone else. So I get to be the only one on the stage. Yeah. And I, I like that too. <clears throat> I just like to be left alone at that point because like, you remember I was saying that, you know, you could be kind of serious um, or you, you, I don't mind when people talk to me. I don't mind when people talk to me because I've already walked through every single stage at least right. three times. And so when, now that you're over to me, I've practiced it. It doesn't bother me anymore. Right. So like, if you get there early enough, I think it, like Grant said with traffic too, I think it just takes a lot of pressure off your mind to me. And Kita, I just like what you said about brain capacity. I like to do everything that isn't going to require brain capacity that has to do with that has to do with shooting. So like, I got, I got enough of my, of my cigs for tomorrow. I got enough waters <laughs> for tomorrow. I have everything packed out. Like I don't have to run to the store. I have gas, right. I have all that kind of stuff. So now like literally all I have to do tomorrow is everything that has to do with shooting and guns and like focusing on this match. So uh, I think that's another important part to start your, your day for your match. Um, like, you know, don't, do don't you, have a list of stuff to do. Yeah. You guys do something for compartmentalization Meaning when you have other stuff going on in your life that might occupy a part of your brain capacity. No, no. And that's where ADHD comes in is, is really handy. I mean, you know, it's, it's a detriment, but it's also a benefit. Sometimes I am able to hyper-focus on things that I love. And when it comes to shooting, if I have anything going on in my life, I am only thinking about shooting, which I think is partly why I love shooting. And I love to like, you know, I'll play golf too. Like it's just, it's just a stretch of time that it's what I'm focused on. And no matter what else is going on in my life, I can kind of put it out of my head. Um, and, and just, just do, do be, have fun, you know, and then go back to my crappy situation after shooting is over, but at least I get a little break from it. So I use it as a mental break, but that's just me. So. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with that. Um, so when I get to the range, the phone gets not switched off because I'm using for videos, but I turn off the data and all of that because don't bother me. Um, and it doesn't actually turn off the, the 
phone call receiving. So yeah, I actually have been phoned at the match and my match was ruined because, you know, I got this phone call. Boo, um, boo, that's weak. That's weak. Don't blame, the, don't blame the phone call. It's not the phone call. Hey, the sun, the sun was in my eyes as well. <laughs> no, but it, it does, it does affect me. So it's also, I have been doing some of the meditation stuff as well. So the night before, doing a bit of that, and then when I get there, just trying to clear my head with a bit of meditation. So if you see me close my eyes, I'm actually trying to 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 meditate in that. So that actually has been helping a lot more than I thought it would. So I have been been doing that. But in the military, yeah. when they arrive, they have actually a literal line on the ground that when they cross this line, they have to leave everything behind that doesn't have to do with what they're doing because that can get you killed. And I like that idea where when I'm driving to my match, I play We Ready, and that kind of gets me in the mood like, I'm ready. I got everything sorted. All I have to do is show up now. So that for me is like my line where once I hear that song, everything else in my head is gone. Yeah, I definitely have like three songs that I always play before every match. They're just like my match songs, and for some reason they work, right? Like, so you play "We Ready" every time, right? Yeah, I. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more of like a metal guy. I like, so I'm like, as I lay dying, I got a couple songs from them. It's a little bit crazier, but it just kind of gets me super pumped to shoot. So. <laughs> yeah, I also have my match, my match playlist that I play while I'm driving in the car <laughs> yeah. on Spotify. Yeah. And then, and then the other thing that I, I, that was my one. So the other thing I wanted to ask both of you guys is like, what, it, what, how did, because this is something I struggle with. Like, what, what is your mindset going up to stage one? Are you, are you, are, are you like doing laps in the parking lot? You're running laps. So you're nice and warm and you're trying to come out for, and run like what you'd be running at, you know, stage six of the day, like where you're, you know, you're running a little faster or are you trying to come out at like 85% and just get one in there? Yeah, dial, I'm so dialing like, like, back. What is, yeah, I've done both and I struggle. My stage one just sucks all the time, whether it's after lunch or the beginning of the day. So like I've tried to back off and it's like, well, I could have gone faster and that sucked or I go fast and then I, I get a couple of misses and I'm like, well, now I'm from behind. I got to come back. So I still haven't figured it out. Yeah. So if, you, if you're running with the super, uh, the super squad in that, you can dial it back and you know that everyone else is going to dial it back. Um, typically before the every, every, every stage, I'm trying to do a little bit of stretching and that um, get it detailed in a, in a book, how to stretch or in a class, how to stretch properly without, you know, ruining your elasticity of your muscles. So I try to do that. Um, I forget it, to do it sometimes. Um, so definitely dial it back. The problem is, though, if you're not in the super squad and you have those guys are probably going to shoot that stage as stage six and they're going to run it 100 percent. Right. That's, that's what's in my them. mind every time. I'm like, I'm like, man, you know, like I need to crush this first stage because someone, this is going to be their stage six. And like, you know, they're going to be warmed up. By you then. And so you don't I, need to win every stage though. You just need yeah, to be I get it, but, uh, 90% of them. That's a mental block that I have on every time that I start. And I think it's mostly comes from my lunch and how I suck on the first stage of the day. So like, I really just, I, I haven't got over that yet where I, I can't get that out of my head. Yeah. I think about well, what they're going I to think do in the middle of the day. You know, if, if you if you win that stage, great, you won that stage. But if you don't win it and you lose that stage, you could lose the match. Right, right. You can't win it here, but you so, can lose in your kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can dial it back and basically you won't win that stage and know that you're not going to win that stage going into it, but you can at least shoot upwards of 90%. Well, what, what if it's a 160-pointer? What if it's a 160-er and that's the biggest one in the next? Yeah, that's, biggest it's, unfortunately, that's just... You know what? That's sometimes sometimes there is luck, and sometimes you you luck out and starting on the one sixty point stage, and they they're starting on a on a thirty point stage, and they get to shoot the one sixty <clears> stage at the end of the day, and they're already pimp 
you know, pumpiness and, and they're going to crush you basically. But unfortunately, they're also going to have to shoot a stage as stage one that you're going to shoot at stage six. And right, you can crush true. them and kind of, kind of claw some points back. Yeah, so hopefully, it's, hopefully a, it's a long it's a long match. It's a long game, and consistency wins matches, not stage wins. No, I agree with that. Yeah. You know well, what do you have to say do? about that? What <clears throat> you took the words right out of my mouth. But yeah. what the top guys do is they dial it back on the first stage. They all do. But observers watching them shoot the stage go, man, they just crushed it. They were going at a hundred percent. Even though they may have gotten a hundred percent on that stage, doesn't mean they were necessarily shooting at their hundred percent. Right. They were right. dialing it back. It's just so much faster than everyone else, even when they dial it back. But everyone's dialing it back on that first stage. Just be consistent through the match. Yeah, I mean, I guess right now I'm not really worried about it because I don't even know where my stage one is. I got my I got my squad matrix right here. Uh, I was going to look that up after this podcast is over because I got all the stages in my head. I just don't know. Like, man, I, you know, I always like to start on a, on a smaller stage. So, like, if I know the range, and that's something that you could do. Here's a tip for people um, that most people don't know. First of all, most people need to understand how the scoring works, okay? If you have a 160-point stage, it's worth more for your match than an 80-point stage, and I think most people don't understand that. It's frustrating to talk to them. But I think that if you know the range, right? Like, I, I know when we go shoot on Kalani, I know bay, what bay one is, what bay two is, what bay three is. You should, you should look at, like, what – if you know what the size of the bay is, they can only put a, a certain stage. Now, you'll, you'll have some MDs that will be able to uh, squeeze a 32-rounder in a really tight bay. But, like, for the most part, if you know that there's, like, a string of a couple smaller bays and you are, and you are a better – I need to warm up a little bit before I get to these big 150, 160 point stages, you know, try to sign up on the squad, regardless of who's on it, because it's going to be better for your match that if you start on those smaller stages. So like shooting area uh, eight, two years ago, or shooting mid Atlantic this past year, I started on squad one because Bay one, two, and three are relatively small. And then Bay four, five, six, seven are relatively big. So like if I start on one of those, I'm probably going to start on a, a stage that's worth more for my match. And I'd rather, I'd rather get on like, you know, a nice 60 or 70 pointer and God forbid something goes wrong. So I think, you know, yeah, so that's yeah, where the, the difference, doing... the different come in. Yeah. I'll, I'll say them. What these top guys are doing are they're just shooting to their sights on that first stage and trusting that they're going to be fast enough. They're not trying to, you know, go fast, go fast. And if it is a 160 point stage, then you're just shooting to your sights anyway. Yeah. Because you've got to get those hits. I agree. Yeah, it's more about hits usually on those, unless it's a burner 32 and then time. Yeah, how do, you, how do you judge that? So, like, so like my match strategy is I usually say if it's under 10 seconds, I'm worried about my time. And if it's over 10 seconds to maybe over 12 seconds, I'm worried about my hits because, I, you know, the denominator does matter when you get down to those lower numbers. So, like, when you step up to a stage, like, what's your strategy on that? Like, like I need to get my hits here? Or, or do you just have one strategy that you use for everyone? Because I definitely vary mine depending on, like, well – this is a 25 second stage by the top guys. So like if I have 23 and I have, you know, I, I, I'd rather get my points here, but then there's other ones that are like, well, I don't care if I have all Charlie's, if I can do this three seconds faster, I'm going to get 50% more just on top. So like, what is your, like, what yeah. is your strategy going into a big match? You yeah. have to be able to go ahead, Grant. I just blew Grant's mind. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> because uh, no, I'm just trying to, just trying to think about that. Cause it's really difficult to like, to judge that because if you know that one of the top guys who might win it and you might beat him just might that stage you don't want to go too fast and throw enough charlies and deltas that it's basically as if you just might the stage 
Um, so I think if you it shot, depends. Like, All right, but I think it depends. I think it, I think if he if it's a seven second stage and he did it in seven and I can do it in three and a half, I'll take the Charlies and the Deltas. I think I'm going to win. Yeah, but if if okay, yeah, he can beat he can beat you by by ten percent on that stage, but you know maybe he's going to make a, a mistake on the next one. And if you try and go as fast as him and your skill level's just not there or you get unlucky on that stage and you mic it, you could lose all the 30, 40 points that you were trying to fight for. All right, well, that's kind of, that's what I'm, I mean, I'm never talking about exceeding my skill level. I'm trying to push it like, okay, I'm I'm going to give it all speed, you know, like I I want all speed here. So I'm going to push it as hard as I can. I'm not going to try to necessarily keep up with them, but like, you know, it's, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to say, yeah, no, don't, don't exceed I'm, your I'm, skill level and try to do something. You I'm can. thinking, I'm thinking more of the consistency side. You're thinking, okay, well, here I'm going to go super fast and, and yeah, get a, yeah, here I'm worried get about getting a good raw time. Yeah. That's slow down on and get some points. I've done yeah. that at a match and I was like, okay, maybe I should just slow down and get all my hits on this one. And I didn't shoot consistently. I didn't shoot how I normally shot. And it did, it did come back to bite me. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, okay, well, I'll throw, throw everything to the wind. Last stage just shot how I shot. And, managed to to beat everyone but by then it was too late so it's a case of i just want to shoot how i shoot and be consistent in my shooting yeah. not necessarily well let's just go super fast here let's go super points here um i'm just gonna uh, see so yeah, I, I think that i think that comes with like looking at the scores too whether right? you're a person that looks at the scores throughout the day or not like, oh no keto, i don't keto, what do you do don't do that yeah, okay. <laughs> well you need to have a general idea of what the hit factor should be on every stage just because that helps give you input into decision decisions right. you make on the stage, what kind of calculated risk are you going to take for your skill level? Exactly, exactly. And and at that point, that's when I look at it, and that's why I look at other people's scores. So other people look at people's scores and they get really nervous about it. And I'm like, I just want to see generally where I should be. And then if I see that they have a ten hit factor and the time is eight, I'm like, well, I think that I have more of a chance of raising a higher hit factor than ten if I can drop that time. <laughs> now, if we're at a twenty second stage, right, like. That, so that, that's where I always look at the scores. So I, and people say don't do that, but I think you should look at the scores just to know where you're at. And then you could also catch things like uh, the RO missing the timer. Like if you see that everybody's time's around 12 and like all of a sudden the RO is like 17 and you felt like it was a good run, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So yeah. I will tell you that the top guys in the world do look at scores because that helps give them input on what decisions they're going to make on particular stages. Not well, all I don't, of them I don't do, look but at the most of them do. <laughs> I don't, I don't like looking at the scores. I don't like looking at all someone else shot because then it's immediately it's the mental thing up. Uh, I'm a little bit slower than them on that. Nah, one, so that. Maybe I should so speed up on that. that. That's where he, I, I take that as like, just like before we were talking about, like that's a personal challenge now. Like, oh, that was, that was pretty good. But I think I am always willing to bet on myself, even if, you know, not necessarily might be the favorite, but I, uh, I always have the confidence well, if, to think that I'm going to do it well. You know, I don't know. Let's say you have a significant lead. You're at nationals. You have this enormous, massive lead. <laughs> Why? What are you gonna do? Uh, has anybody ever? Has anybody here ever had a, a lead at nationals? A significant no. lead? With, Not uh, me personally. But I, I have no idea. Have. I would honestly probably be shaking on the last stage. My knees would be traveling or something. I don't know. I'd exactly. probably be super nervous. You know? Yeah. Don't mix. Don't so mess it up. Don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. I'm missing it up. I'm missing it up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every shot. Right. So at that point, the focus becomes consistently or being consistent I mean because if you take a bunch of risks at that point those are risks and you don't really need to be taking risks you have this huge cushion not to say no one can take a bunch of risks and catch you or can't do that but I mean yeah someone could catch up to you but you have this huge cushion that if you're taking a bunch of risks that's probably not going to be to your benefit yeah yeah 
That's yeah, because that's it's, that's the, something the, the I need to risk, work on. The wrists do look better on Instagram, though. I'm just saying, those are they do. The uh, hey, Instagram, they don't, they don't see what the target score does. They right. just see the smoking run. Absolutely, yeah. So I mean, the riskier part. Well, is we're running out of time here, yeah. Mike. Good luck at your yeah. match. Yeah. No. Hey, thanks. Great. I mean, I actually, I'm going to implement a couple of things that we actually talked to. So I. Uh, yeah, Mike, go for awesome. it. Yeah. I think just Mike shoot how you shoot. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't think you know me well enough. That's like pedal to the floor. So 100%. <laughs> hits, are, hits are secondary. So yeah. I don't hey, know that's why I should shoot how you shoot and get your hits. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Slow is smooth. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think no, that's no, 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 no. I think that's correct. That. Right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it was All great. Right. It was but, great talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, no, this was awesome. Good, uh, good rest of your weekend. And hopefully we'll be able to do this again soon. So and let us know how if the match goes. If you guys are enjoying the show, like and subscribe, and we'll keep them coming. Yeah. Have a good one. All right. Cheers, guys. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, guys.